the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to today's edition of The Plum Line, brought to you by Reasons for Hope, training and equipping a new generation to stand boldly on the Word of God. You can find information about them at r4h.com. That's the letter R, then F-O-R-H.com. While you're there, check out their new resource, Glad You Asked, answers to 12 tough questions about Christmas that you need answers for. You can find that at r4h.com. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, on the broadcast today, a fascinating discussion, today and tomorrow for that matter, about Molinism, with my guest, Dr. Ken Keithley, author of Salvation and Sovereignty, a Molinist Approach. You can reach out to me to share your thoughts or comments at any time at this email, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Plum is P-L-U-M-B, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Open Door Financial was founded with the inspiration of using biblical wisdom to create financial plans and investment strategies that lead to financial peace and build the kingdom of God. We guide families and small business owners on how to save money, reduce taxes, get out of debt, build enough retirement income, and be more generous. We help you discover God's plan for your finances and fulfill your God-given dreams and purpose. Call Jason Bat at Open Door Financial at 619-794-7133. That's 619-794-7133 or visit opendoor-financial.com. Securities and advisory services offered through Centaurus Financial, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC, a registered broker-dealer and registered investment advisor. Open Door Financial and Centaurus Financial are not affiliated entities. Life can be tough, and sometimes we all need a helping hand. That's where Integrity Counseling Group comes in. At Integrity, we're not just counselors. We're your companions on the journey of healing. We believe in restoring connections with yourself, with your loved ones, and with your faith. With three welcoming locations in Mission Valley, Carlsbad, and San Marcos, plus convenient telehealth services across California, we're right by your side, San Diego. Visit us at integritycounselinggroup.com or call us anytime at 760-283-7000. 760-283-7000. Hey, I'm with Michael Ross, the creator of Revelator Games. Michael, can you tell us why you developed this unique game? Sure. Let me just clarify something. So it's a small group Bible study activity with a board game element to it. I created the game because I myself personally delight in God's word, you know, through scripture memorization. So I created this game so that we can, one, memorize scripture, but also have fun while we're doing it. Mm, The Remain game and more. You can check out Mike's products at revelatorgames.com. On today's edition of The Plum Line, I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, and I'm excited to be joined by Dr. Ken Keithley, the director of the Bush Center for Faith and Culture and a senior professor at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary in Wake Forest, North Carolina. And Dr. Keithley became known to me basically because I had one of my sons actually ask about this doctrine called Molinism. 
And so that's what we're going to talk about from a biblical worldview. That may be a totally brand new word, and this discussion here may be something completely new to you, as it is for the most part to me as well. I've learned a little bit, but I want to learn a lot more from Dr. Keithley, or maybe you're well-researched and studied up on this, and so then you'll enjoy this broadcast as well as we discuss this. But welcome to the show, Dr. Keithley. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, Jay. Glad to be here. Yeah, and you wrote a book about this very subject, and I have the introduction here open in front of me, but Salvation and Sovereignty, a Molinist Approach is the title of it. I couldn't find the title there. And so that's going to be the focus of our discussion. Let's start super basic here by the reason even that this was developed. I want you to share a little bit about a Molinist approach, how it developed, and and just why it developed, if you would. Well, Molinism originally was developed by a Jesuit priest in the Counter-Reformation named Luis Molina. He was quite a brilliant thinker, and he was dealing with a question that has really been a question throughout the history of the Church, but during the time of the Reformation and onward, it really became serious, particularly as it related to the notion of predestination and free will, and that is, is it possible in a world in which God is uh, meticulously in control, that anything that resembles a normal uh, definition of free will, that we can affirm that. And Molina's system uh, does that. And so for that reason, in the modern, it's maybe a little anachronistic to say it this way, but in, in most people's thinking, Molinism is a position that is somewhere in between Calvinism and Arminianism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you don't realize this, but some of our listeners may. I did do a show on Calvinism v. Free Will with Pastor Jeff Clewer. He did a great job. That was kind of defense of Calvinism, and I was telling him, I've had him on the show a number of times, that I you know, didn't agree with everything that he shared because I fall <laughs> and align pretty much in this <clears throat> Molinist perspective. And yeah, honestly, I didn't even realize that until I learned more about Molinism, but this is kind of where I fall, Dr. Nalise. So if the listener cares to know, then they probably don't really care. But just give you that backdrop as we move into this. And so we're going to tackle this. But one thing I wanted to ask you right off the bat, because you brought up that this was established, founded, if you want to call it that, by a Jesuit. And they're not necessarily known, at least in our day and age, as being, you know, stalwart Orthodox Christians by any means. Was it a little bit different back in the day and age then? or? Well, the question he's addressing is something that everyone has asked, whether you are Roman Catholic or Protestant or Eastern Orthodox whether it's during the time of the patristics all the way up into the modern age. And in fact, it's a question that not only Christians have asked, but those who are in other religions and those who have no religion at all. And that is, in fact, probably the group that denies free will more than anyone else are atheists. You know, if you live in a materialistic world in which everything is a cause and effect network, where everything can be explained by the prior event, And so, therefore, the world really is nothing more than a very, very, very complex or complicated situation of dominoes, one knocking over one right after the other. If all of my choices can be explained in biochemical reactions, then uh, a materialist has no room for what we believe to be free will, that one has the ability to choose A instead of B, uh, and that choice really does reside with the agent. So... The fact that it was developed by someone such as Molina, we're just being historically accurate there. 
there are some who argue that Molina, despite his uh, leanings in Roman Catholicism or his affinity with it, had some evangelical leanings. I don't really bother to get into that argument whatsoever. The modern resurgence of the understanding of middle knowledge, that's why some people, instead of calling it Molinism, will simply call it middle knowledge, uh, because then we don't have to deal with the Jesuit question. <laughs> it, it, it experienced a resurgence in the 1970s when Alvin Plantinga published a book, Defending Free Will, in which he argued that God had middle knowledge. And when he finished, someone said, well, what you've argued for is, is Molinism. He said, well, what's that? Alvin Plantinga, he's retired now, but he's, he's one of the most influential Christian philosophers of the last 75 years. So Plantinga argued for what today we call Molinism, uh, and he is on the reform side. William Lane Craig, who is, leans more on the Arminian side, has also argued for Molinism. And so from the 1970s on, it experienced a resurgence in both academic circles that deal with philosophical, theological questions, and in a popular level among evangelicals who do not identify themselves one way or the other. So if we go back historically, what we could identify is, if you think there is the Declaration of Sentiments that was presented by the Arminians, and then the Senate of Dort that was presented by the Calvinist, one could look at the formula of Concord that was presented by the Lutherans, because Lutheranism was very much influenced by the arguments of Luis Molina. Molina, his position is simply dealing with the question of God's sovereignty as it relates to human freedom in the question of his foreknowledge. And so the Lutherans co-opted it, and so there's a number of Lutheran theologians during this time who argue for a very strong version of what today we would call Molinism or Middle Knowledge. So, from a historical perspective, Calvinist, Synod of Dort, Arminians, Declaration of Sentiments, and Lutheranism, the Formula of Concord, uh, and for this reason, there's a lot of people who don't call this Molinism, they actually call it the Lutheran position. Hmm. Okay, interesting. I appreciate that kind of background and insights into that. That helps me understand a little bit better, too. So, well, we better get, because you brought up a lot of terms, middle knowledge in particular, and so we mm-hmm. better get to some of those things and defining this a bit. And I'm looking at this acronym ROSES, and I don't know if maybe that's the best place to start here by a little comparison. Let's talk about flowers here for a moment, uh, tulips versus roses here. So just share a little bit well, about what I mean. Yeah, I think if you're wanting to explain middle knowledge, the ROSES acronym is simply an application of Molinism. To get at what we mean by middle knowledge, here's a good one-sentence definition, and that is that God, with precision and success, is able to perfectly accomplish His will primarily by means of His omniscience. That is the thing that Molinists affirm, and that is that we live in a world in which God has control of all things, even if he's not the cause of all things. Now, he is certainly not the origin of evil, nor is he the cause of sin. And yet, in a world like ours that he has created, he's still able to be sovereign and control it in such a way that even a world in which there are other agents who have genuine free will, he's still able to accomplish his will perfectly in a way that does not make him the puppet master, where we're just puppets on a string. So 
middle knowledge. What do we mean when we say that? Well, think about this. Everyone affirms that God knows the future exhaustively, and I say everyone, everyone except open theists. And probably the, <laughs> the biggest opponents of, of Molinism are not Calvinists, but open theists, because they realize that if Molinism is right, then there is no reason to hold to open theism. But we believe that God knows all truths. I mean, everything that is true, God knows it. God has, he's omniscient. So he knows all the truths that are necessarily true. He knows all the truths that are contingently true. All the truths that are necessarily true, they couldn't be any other way. They're true due to his nature. Think about uh, the things that are true necessarily. Necessarily God exists. Necessarily, holiness is good. Necessarily, righteousness is good. Uh, necessarily, things of, that are logically true, like two plus two necessarily equals four. And so all of the things that are necessarily true, that are due to God's nature. And so we say that's God's natural knowledge. And God possesses that knowledge perfectly. And then there are some things that are contingently true. God didn't have to create this world. He could have refrained from creating. But he freely created this world. and so. The things that happen in this world, like the fact that we're recording this on a Wednesday, we could have done it Tuesday or Thursday, whatever, but those are all contingently true, and they're true due to God's free choice or free will. And so we say that God knows those all those things exhaustively. And so this is known as God's free knowledge. I don't know of an Orthodox Christian theologian that has any problem affirming both God's natural knowledge and his free knowledge. Now, notice we had, there's two types of knowledge there. What Molina pointed out, noted, is that there appears to be a third type of knowledge that is somewhere in between those two. He said, well, what about those things that don't happen? They could have happened, but they don't. They are possible things that could happen. In other words, God not only knows what everything that will freely will happen, but he also knows everything freely that could have happened. Think of, you know, ever seen the movie, uh, It's a Wonderful Life? Mm-hmm. With, you know, Jimmy Stewart. Remember the character George Bailey as Clarence, the guardian angel, is showing him what the world would have been like had he never been born to convince him that his life has value. Everything that Clarence showed the Jimmy Stewart character, the whole scenario of what uh, that town would have been like had he never been born. What would have happened to all those? Those are things that are not necessary knowledge. So it's not true due to God's nature. Nor are, is it the type of knowledge of something that really did happen due to God's free choice. It's somewhere in between. This is what's called counterfactual knowledge. It's knowledge that is true, and yet it's contrary to fact. Now, there's all kinds of biblical instances of counterfactual knowledge. You know, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. I mean, it's an if, think about in everyday life, we use counterfactual knowledge all the time. If I don't take the cookies out of the oven, they're going to burn. Well, because you have that counterfactual knowledge, you go and take the cookies out uh, whenever it's time. If I run this stoplight, it'll cause an accident. Well, I use that counterfactual knowledge to not run the stoplight. Uh, and so, therefore, it doesn't happen. It's knowledge contrary to fact. And so, Molina said, look, it seems to be in between because it's not necessary knowledge. 
but it's, it's not free knowledge either, but it's talking about the kind of choices, what kind of world would it have been if beings had made other types of choices. And so this is a type of middle knowledge. And what uh, Melina argued is, is that God can use his perfect, infinite understanding of all of the possibilities, all of the counterfactual possible worlds to choose what he wants to be done in a world that's inhabited by free creatures. And by so doing, he's able to perfectly accomplish his will, and yet he hasn't treated us like robots, our puppets on a string. We really are choosing. So that's the beauty of it, is that it is somewhere in between the deterministic world that many of our Calvinist brethren are comfortable with. It also doesn't have to go over to the open theist where we have to deny that God doesn't know the future. I think that what is achieved with Molinism is something that most good Calvinists and good Arminians want to affirm. And that is some way we want to affirm that God is sovereign and that humans are free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's kind of the sticky ground that's been centuries upon centuries, thousands of years of debate and discussion over. And so we're going to continue talking about this and how Molinism uh, looks for that middle ground, the middle knowledge there between these. And so we'll dig into that even more with my guest, Dr. Ken Keithley, as the plumb line continues. Lots more I want to ask you. I hate to have to put this on hold for a moment for our break here even. Thankfully, we've got a couple-part series on this subject, so we have a good deal of time left to discuss this with my guest again, Dr. Ken Keithley, who is with Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary in Wake Forest, North Carolina, and has written a book about this, The Sovereignty of God and Salvation, and how the Molinist approach fits into all of that. Hope you can stick around here. Reach out to me to share your thoughts, comments, questions about the broadcast at this email, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Plum is P-L-U-M-B. Don't forget the B at the end of the word plum, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. We'll be back in a moment. Support for The Plum Line is provided by these fine business sponsors. EPS Wealth Management of Phoenix, who serves clients in several states. Call them for a no-cost, no-obligation conversation about your financial concerns. 623-537-3657. Abundant Life Landscape, your irrigation repair specialist. Call them at 619-277-2410. And by Charles McLucas, Jr., founder and CEO of Charitable Trust Administrators, Inc. Learn about the benefits of a charitable remainder trust at ctai-ca.com. Support for The Plum Line is also provided by Simple Turn. Their online health resources teach your kids how health really works and how to avoid 90% of chronic disease. Get your family's free health course at mysimpleturn.com. I am so pleased to have Reasons for Hope as the national sponsor of The Plum Line. The mission of both of our ministries is to proclaim the gospel and to train people to look at every topic and issue from a biblical worldview. You can discover more about their many fabulous resources and their debunked video series or request one of the R4H speakers for your event or maybe attend an equipped youth retreat or rally all at r4h.com. To learn about the Plum Line's partnership with Reasons for Hope, check out the blog postings at r4h.com, and you can find the Plum Line station directory and podcast link at r4h.com slash theplumline. Be sure to leave a note saying thanks to Reasons for Hope for supporting the Plum Line. 
If you're looking for a Bible college that, when you graduate, you will have little to no debt and receive the best Christian education, look no further. Whether you choose to go into ministry or come to simply learn the Word of God, Northeast Ohio Bible College is here. We offer classes at the college or online from the comfort and convenience of your home or use the classes for your Sunday morning or Wednesday night Bible studies. If Christian education is becoming to you, then you should be coming to us. Call today to schedule a class at 330-382-1151 or go to neobc.org. Thanks for joining me for The Plum Line. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph. My guest is Dr. Ken Keithley. He's a senior professor at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, and we're discussing a book that he has written about Molinism. And this is kind of a middle ground, you could say, between Calvinist views and free will, a blending of those, trying to reconcile, as so many thousands, millions of people over the centuries have tried to do, reconcile the sovereignty of God, which is true, and the free will that man has, which is true as well. And so, Dr. Keithley, as we come back here, I want to just bring up a very important matter that by no means are we saying that someone who holds to, uh, you know, a a different view from what we're talking about, this Molinist approach, uh, is not a Christian, because there are Christians of all stripes, we certainly know that, and as long as there are some key salvific doctrinal beliefs, I guess we could say, that are adhered to, someone is a Christian, a true born-again follower of Jesus Christ. And so just kind of expound upon that a little bit more for me, if you would. Yeah, you're, you're so right in that this is not an issue that should divide Christians about whether or not one is a believer or isn't. There is a, a hierarchy, a pyramid of doctrines of which some are much more important than others. Uh, some will even talk about theological triage. The discussion about Calvinism, Arminianism, Molinism, these are significant things that believers are debating, but we're all believers. Uh, what makes a person a Christian uh, is his or her relationship to Jesus Christ. And the way that one uh, receives Jesus Christ is to receive him for who he is. And that is King of Kings, Lord of Lords, a Savior of the world. And and so, regardless if one is a Calvinist or an Arminian, or one is a Baptist or a Presbyterian, if he or she has come to the point where they recognize that they are not able to save themselves, that they need a Savior because of their sins, and they heard the good news that Jesus Christ, who lived the life that we could not live, a life of perfect obedience to the Father, gave that life of obedience willingly on Calvary's tree, died for us, and so by doing, died a vicarious death. And with his death, dealt with the sin issue. And when he was buried and rose again from the dead, he did so victoriously, and God declared him to be both Lord and Christ by raising him from the dead. He's at the right hand of the Father. He's returning one day again. Each and every one of us who have received, uh, who has received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we're Christians, um, and we have been gloriously born again. Regardless, if you attend a Free Will Baptist Church or a uh, Reformed Baptist Church, or not a Baptist Church at all, you're going to Methodist, Presbyterian, whatever. We're not talking simply. I mean, as we discuss and debate these issues, 
which are important, uh, we do this as a, uh, a discussion among brethren. Yeah, exactly. Well, and thank you for that. And I just want to speak for a moment to uh, uh, those in the listening audience, because I don't know if there might be a, a friend tuning in right now who has been listening to this, kind of fascinated by the discussion about this matter, but they have not taken that step to make Jesus Lord and Savior of their life yet. And so as you heard Dr. Keithley share there, I want to give you my email address again and encourage you to reach out to me. If you have more questions, maybe you're bowing the knee before Jesus right now and saying, Lord, I do not, I have not received you. I never really clearly understood the gospel If any of these things refer to you, I want you to reach out to me. Maybe you want to just let me know that you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior because of the seed sown here on the Plum Line. That would be fantastic to hear. Or maybe you have more questions. My email address is theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Remember, Plum again is P L U M B, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. I've got a ton of things I want to ask and tackle yet here, and we've only got a moment or so left in the broadcast here, so I'm not even going to attempt to dig into any more right now. I'll just use that to say that please do tune in for the next edition of The Plum Line. We'll get much more deeply into this concept here of Molinism. With my guest, Dr. Ken Keithley, I'll also say that if you missed this, you maybe just tuned in right now, you can find this edition or any other edition of The Plum Line at places where you go for podcasts. So go to Spotify, for example, put in The Plum Line with Jay Rudolph. Make sure you include my name as well. I know there are some other podcasts out there called The Plum Line that are definitely not mine. So just put in The Plum Line with Jay Rudolph, and you'll find that and can check out, well, more than a couple hundred editions of The Plum Line that are available. I also want to share that The Plum Line is a listener-supported radio ministry, and I would love to hear from you and have you share that you'd like to support so that this show can continue to air in your area and maybe even expand into other areas of the country. And you can do that again when you email me, theplumlineradio at gmail.com, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. I sure do appreciate you tuning in. And we've got lots and lots more to discuss about this with my guest, Dr. Ken Keithley of Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. So we'll see you next time on The Plum Line. The Plum Line has been sponsored by Reasons for Hope. Check them out at r4h.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.